Welcome to the Philip Levy Show, discussing health, wealth, and life. Here we go. And before we get started, you tired of the same old workouts? Check out our YouTube channel, Phil Fit for Workout Ideas, Exercise Breakdowns, and Other Killer Content. P H I L F I T, all one word. Make sure my hair Hello. looks good. Damn, your hair, your hair looks great. It's way better than mine. I should gel up real quick. Well, I just finished my mountain bike ride, so I just put some like water in my hair to clean up. Um, if so the anyway. water, the water at your house is way better than the water at my house because I feel like my hair is like kind of dry and maybe split ends. But um, wow, how how was your ride? It was awesome. It was yeah? awesome. I'm having a lot of fun mountain biking. I just got a new bike. And uh, I've been going for a couple of rides. And today I went by myself, um, which is always fun to go with friends. But there's also yeah. something really cool about, like, just going by yourself. It's like snowboarding by yourself. Like, I just find I just have fun doing that, too. You can go wherever you want and uh, alone with your with your thoughts. Uh, I like that. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that uh, the solitude of it, of it all is uh, magical. Yeah take my aligners out for this conversation here. Take my teeth out. Nice. I, Do I, take <laughs> yeah, I take my say, dentures that out. Been a, <laughs> yeah, that would have been I, a twist. I tend to <laughs> slur crap. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> my God, my whole jaw is it's just detachable. So where did you go ride? Uh, Skaggs. Um, just off the Skag. skyline. Uh, so it's about 30 minutes from here. Uh, but okay. it's, a, it's a cool little, little loop. Um, but yeah. It was good. Does my, um, do I sound okay? I thought it'd be better if I use my phone to dial in instead of my computer. Does it, it sound sounds okay? pretty, it's kind of tinny. It's like you're mm. talking through a, you, no, you don't sound good. If I'm going to be perfectly honest, I feel like we're close enough where I can just say you, you sound like shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I want to say it. So maybe that didn't work. Let me, let me try dialing in with my computer. That might sound better. Sure. Okay. I will be right here. Hey, how's this? way better awesome nice. way better yeah oh good uh wow that's a that is a sexy voice you've got there i couldn't tell before with the <laughs> phone but that is a voice made for radio right there and it's a all, face for television to boot all, <laughs> the whole the whole it's package all, it's it's the technology it, it, yeah. It's a, yeah that helps that helps a lot uh good i overthought that i thought that the phone would be better audio but this is better it's it's uh yeah it's it's i don't know i i don't know how they work but when yeah. they're broken i'm frustrated and when they work i just get on with my day um uh, but yeah this is this is better so you went to skags and you mm -hmm. wrote it looks like you shared your map with me i'm sorry yeah. i couldn't join you that looked like a lot of fun no problem um, we can go another time look, i'm planning would, on going i think that would that would be a really fun thing to schedule yeah. um i haven't i haven't ripped around the <laughs> To put in context, the last time I ripped around on a, uh, a mountain bike, I was, I didn't have like a child seat in front of me, mm. you know, one of the baby carriers yeah. where they're kind of right yeah. at your belly. <laughs> yeah. So it's, and I actually bought, I bought my bike during, it's an old uh, stump jumper. Uh -huh. I bought it during the pandemic when I was having some knee pains and I couldn't run. Um, and I have never ridden it without a baby hopper on it. So well, um, let's, let's take that let's, thing off and, and let's go for do a ride. It. Or we could just put Hudson in it and just be like, good luck, buddy. Good luck. <laughs> Hold on yeah, tight. here Hold we go. Yeah, be a, a different experience, <laughs> learning experience for him. Oh, um, uh, but no, we should, yeah. we should put that on the books for sure. Yeah. Um, 
So you, you went 16 miles and we were talking about your, we'll get into the, we'll get into the, the, the topic of the show. Um, okay. but I just wanted to catch up with you on per, on personal stuff first, just because it's polite and sure. I am generally, generally interested in what my friends are up to. Um, <laughs> but, but why don't, why don't we, um, uh, why don't you tell first of all, thanks for coming on. Um, huh? it's, I, I don't, I don't do a very formal introduction. I want the show to be like, Hey, to you're coming into a conversation between two people. And if you're listening to this or watching this and like, you know, Hey, maybe you get something from this conversation that we have. And if not, then you can always press fast forward or, or next track or whatever. Um, yeah. So, you know, why don't you tell us, me uh, a little about yourself, who you are and, sure. and, and who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Um, so, uh, Brian Anderson, um, and, uh, I, you know, grew up playing a lot of different sports, kind of a traditional American young athlete experience with baseball and basketball, soccer, a uh, little bit of pop Warner football. Um, but then quickly, uh, well, quickly around eighth grade, uh, kind of focused on soccer which was my, my best sport, um, and got pretty serious about it, played at a, a decent level in the U.S., got the opportunity to play for two years in a youth academy in the Netherlands uh, for my junior and senior year of high school, which was a really incredible experience uh, for a lot of reasons, soccer-wise, but also in terms of life experiences and academics. I was living in Europe without my parents and getting myself to school and getting better grades than I was getting previously where I was only playing soccer and not studying. Now I had uh, a coach and a academy system that really emphasized academics. And turns out I also enjoyed that and got, got really focused on school. Um, decided I probably should go to college because uh, it wasn't looking like I was going to make much money playing soccer in Europe. Uh, so came back to the U.S., played uh, for a year at Sonoma State, and then uh, transferred to UC Davis for my sophomore year and played and went to school at UC Davis. Um, and uh, through, uh, during this period, kind of decided that I wanted to focus on politics, political science, economics, English, uh, and that kind of led to law school. So uh, when I graduated from undergrad, I went to law school. Uh, and now I work as an attorney. I'm a corporate transactional lawyer. Uh, so I do, uh, I help clients negotiate and deal with legal issues around business deals. Um, but from a, I've always enjoyed uh, sports, and, but I've actually always enjoyed training. Um, it's funny when I, when I think back, like my favorite part of soccer was often the preseason. I just liked the idea of like preparing and getting myself ready for a challenge and trying to like tune the, the dials a little bit differently if I was going to focus on speed or uh, endurance or, you know, and I've, I mean, you know me, Phil, I try everything, like try different diets, try different training programs, just always experimenting. Like, let's see, let's play this season, like five pounds heavier and really strong and see what happens. And the next season, like, let's, let's lose five pounds and get, really, really fit and do a lot of running. Um, so always just enjoyed that. Uh, and then, you know, from there, like did a lot of like Spartan races and go ruck challenges. And it was always kind of like 
you know, a random, random marathon. Like I was always kind of like had something on the calendar to prepare for. Uh, so been balancing sort of work and professional life with, with trying to stay active and have a challenge on the calendar. Um, married with, uh, with two daughters, 13 and a uh, 10 year old, uh, and live in the Bay area. And, and I have the privilege to, of training with you, uh, and all the awesome trainers at Burlingame Fitness. Uh, so that's where we connected and, and, uh, we've had a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, fun, uh, training experiences together, uh, at BFit. So I'll stop there. That's kind of my, that's, my story. Hell of a, that's a hell of a road. I didn't know, uh, I didn't know you were at a youth or maybe I did know and I forgot because that's what I do sometimes. Uh, you were at a youth academy in the Netherlands. Um, that's, uh, that you must've been like 17, 18. Yeah. 16, um, 16, 17, 18, like right around yeah. there. Um, I left, I was there for my, my junior year of high school and my senior year of high school. Okay. And then wh- why did you transfer over there? Just because. Well, I mean, I was, I, at that time in my life, I was just all in on soccer. Okay. Um, you know, and I was, I was during the summer, I would coach at a soccer camp uh, here okay. in, in Northern California called Zemer Brothers Soccer Camp. Um, and, you know, I owe a lot to the Zemer Brothers too, by the way. Zemer Brothers. Zemer Brothers, yes. Okay. Um, and uh, they would bring in coaches from other countries to teach at the camp, to coach at the camp. And so I was just really into soccer and I was kind of hustling. So like, I would always be like, go up to these guest coaches and be like, Hey, my name's Brian. And like, I want to play in Europe. And I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I was just, I was hustling and um, I met uh, a really great coach from the Netherlands, um, Peter Fisher, uh, who gave me the opportunity to go over there and play. Uh, and I actually, I lived with Peter and his wife, Tachana, um, and I just got really lucky. And I was so, you know, I just wanted to play in Europe. It was just, that was the only, I woke up every morning thinking about that. I went to bed every night thinking about that. I was just, just all any, in. Anywhere in Europe or, or you're just like throwing a dart? Yeah. I mean, that was, the, the, the dream was to play professional soccer and to play professional soccer in Europe was, right. was, uh, was definitely what I wanted to do. Um, and so, uh, you know, I had, I had, uh, I had gone to, I had played in a camp in, in Bordeaux in France before, and, you know, I, that didn't work out. And so I was just always looking for an opportunity to get to Europe to play and, and hopefully have some, some success there. And, and the Netherlands is, is sort of known for its youth academies and developing great players, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't always translate to the national team. Uh, but, but they produce a lot of really talented players and have a great, uh, system for, um, for developing young players. Uh, so yeah, that was, that's why I wanted to do it. I was not doing, I'll say this. I was not, I did not have a lot of options when I was 16 because I was getting, (laughs) I had really bad grades. Um, I was, you know, I, I don't think, you know, my, I was the first person in my family to go to college. So like, I didn't really have people saying like, you need to get take the SATs and you got to do all this stuff. So I was kind of, I think my parents were just like, well, maybe this soccer thing will work out, you know, go yeah, for it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. uh, and, uh, so I, I jumped on that opportunity and went over there and it turned out to be really a really important, uh, experience for me. What, what did your parents do or do they do? Did they, uh, my dad, my dad is in sales. Uh, he sail, he, he was always in the alcohol and spirits business. So he, he worked at anchor steam brewing and uh, a couple of the big distributors, but, um, 
basically he just drove, he drove a truck around with a lot of wine and beer in it and delivered it to liquor stores and, and, and supermarkets. And he'd like set up the displays and, and do all nice. that. Um, so yeah, I, I have memories of my dad driving like the anchor steam delivery truck home and leave for some reason and leaving it at our house overnight and he'd like open it up and put the ramp down and that was like my my playground so he was in the <laughs> like i was in the mobile liquor store yeah exactly yeah yeah it's and then a far a far cry from from the law library that you're sitting yeah. in now <laughs> yeah. yeah it's been a long, a long winding road but right yeah. right right and then my my mom um my mom you know had a lot of different jobs like as a real estate uh, agent, um, as a dental hygienist, she ran, she was, a, a bookkeeper at a, at a bread and breakfast, a bed and breakfast in, um, a lot of different things. And then she, after I finished school, my mom went back and got her undergraduate degree and a graduate mm. degree and, and became a teacher. And now she works okay. as a teacher. Okay. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So, so from those humble beginnings, you're now, and, and you go to Europe when you're 16, seven as a teenager and, you know, play, you know, it's quite a story so far, but you've got, and then you decide that, uh, poli sci is something that is very interesting to you. And you want to kind of pursue that. How did you, how did that come about? Well, when I was in the, when I was in the Netherlands for two years, um, the first year I went to uh, an international school uh, mm -hmm. and everything was taught in English. Um, and it was my first, it was a little closer to, to college. Uh, it was a little closer to a college experience than a high school experience. Mm -hmm. So, and there was, there was just something about the, the rigor of the, of the teaching and, and the importance of it and just like the campus and the, and the, and the, <clears throat> The teachers, like my teachers had like British accents. They sounded so smart. Yeah, and, you uh, sound, the accent goes a long way. The accent goes so far. Horrible, yeah. ignorant things. But with a British accent, it sounds very intelligent. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. So I, you know, so that kind of inspired me a little bit to like, you know, to read books. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and that was, that was a good experience. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I still, <laughs> I still do. Um and, you need uh, some action figures on those. I can let you borrow yeah. some of these action figures back there if you if you'd like to decorate yes. uh, some of your shelves. I see the earthenware and uh, very yeah. strategically placed. Uh, I need books. I, I need to upgrade my yes. I, I would love some action the, figures. The Communist Manifesto up there. What is that? <laughs> no. Uh, uh, no. And, uh, so my comp. <laughs> So, and they, and they taught things like, like I said, it was a little bit more like college, high school, like we would take classes on philosophy and logic yeah, yeah. and like, and that's the stuff that kind of excited me, like, like learning logic and philosophy. And then it was so, so from there, it was kind of natural, I think, to yeah. think about law. Um, and so, yeah, that kind of, that, that decided what, that that was what I wanted to do. What were, what were your, because you went to half of your you know, generic education, undergrad, well, not undergrad, um, or your high school, primary, whatever, was in America. Mm -hmm. And then the other half was European. Mm -hmm. Can you, can you, I mean, it already sounds like there's some stark contrast between the education system in um, here in the States and over in the Netherlands. Can you, did you find anything that was, you know, overtly different between mm -hmm. subject matter style of teaching um 
Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I went, highlight on? yeah, I mean, I went to a, I went to, you know, just a typical public high school uh, hmm. here. Um, I don't know if it was, you know, good or bad for a public high school. Um, and to be honest, I didn't put any energy into it. You know, I probably, I, I could get, I probably could have done, got a great education and done very well if I had applied myself in those first two years at the American high school. But hmm. the, and the, the situation I had in the Netherlands was a little special. Like I went to, I went to that international school, like I said, which was, um, it was, it was de- definitely more of a, an elevated, like college, like experience, which was very, I think very special. Then my, I lived with my coach and his wife, and it was very important to them that I learn how to speak Dutch. So they wouldn't speak any English to me in the house. You and speak they, Dutch? Well, I used to. I can't say I, I speak Dutch anymore. But Freaky dicky Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, so then, the, so I learned Dutch the first year. The second year, I went to a Dutch public school. Okay. And, uh, and that was very different. Like, again, like every, every, I think this is true. It was definitely true of the school I was at. Every Dutch student takes at least four languages in school. So, like, they're, you know, they're taking... Uh, German, French, English, Spanish. And so the level of, of education there, I thought was just a lot higher. Second year, I went to a Dutch public school. Um, every student, at least in my school, took four different languages. Uh, so language learning was a big part of, part of it, um, which was fantastic because I got to take English as a foreign language, which I just aced. I was the best in that class. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think that I think the I think I think the ex, the experience I had between my typical American public school and these 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 two Dutch schools I went to the international school and then uh-huh. the Dutch public school were were quite a bit different. I thought yeah, that te- teaching things like logic in high school that's yeah fantastic idea yeah uh, you know like like how to like logic how to manage finances you know how to starting your own business not like parallelograms. And yeah, like yeah. boy, I'm glad I learned about those. They'll they'll come in super handy next parallelogram season. Like how to <laughs> do your taxes instead. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was good. And and uh, and my 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 teacher and his wife, or my coach and his wife, um, I owe a lot to them too because they they created a, an environment at their house that was, you know, even though you're here to play soccer, it, academics are primary. And, yeah. you know, and the, and the idea that they were going to, you know, you, you've got to learn Dutch if you come here. And so learning a language is really, really important and, and a very useful skill. Um, although Dutch may be the most useless language to what, learn. What? You got to learn something. Give, give us, give us a little, what, what's, you've got to learn, uh, remember one, one phrase yeah. that you can, you can sure. share. Well, since I just got back from this mountain bike ride and jumped on this interview, I could say it kept hunger, which means I'm hungry. <laughs> He kept hunger. Oh, you didn't eat before this this interview? Yeah. This, this conversation? Um, yeah, no worries. Well, it's a good thing that I know that you're one of the toughest people that I've ever, ever had the pleasure of calling a friend um, because that uh, that's a fact because of the, the, the topic of our conversation today is, um, is a, an event called Kokoro. Yep. And it, it's got me fucking scared, man. <laughs> I'm not oh, going to lie. Um, it's, uh, it's, it is the, 
the melding of heart and mind and body. Um, it's a Japanese word. I'm just you know speaking to the audience here. Yeah. Um, and it is it has been billed as the most difficult event that a civilian can do. And you, Mr. Anderson, have completed it. Class number 62, was it? Uh, 42. 42, yeah. sorry, 42. Yeah, 42. Um, and uh, you're you're with with uh, another friend of my former show, uh, Hunter McIntyre, in in that mm-hmm. class also. Uh, you have some stories, maybe you can you can share about him, his experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but basically, so you know, I approached you. No, I, I guess you just kind of rolled out of the blue and just said that you did it um, because you you have this thirst for challenge that's taken you to your law library with with your communist manifesto manifesto behind <laughs> you. Um, but what what you know before we get into Kokoro and, and, and what it is. Um, you know, you've, you've done a handful of go rocks and, and OCRs and uh, just kind of like physical and mental punishment, mm-hmm. you know, to a lot of people that would seem crazy. And I mean, you're preaching to the choir here, of course, when you're talking to me. Yeah. But, but what, what, what kind of, what kind of made that, what, what, what got you to peek around that, that corner there and, and see that world and, and what, what drove you yeah. to go so deep into it? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think like, like I, like I said before, like I kind of realized that I love, I love preparing for a physical challenge or more mental challenge. Like I like having something on the calendar that kind of makes me nervous and I, and I've got to prepare for it. And I like mm. thinking about the best way to mm-hmm. prepare for it, which is what mm-hmm. I did, you know, in soccer preseason and all that stuff. So from there, you know, I, I think I did, I think first I did a, um, a uh, tough mutter. I did a tough mutter with some friends and uh, up in, in Lake Tahoe. And Big uh, Bear? what's that? Big Bear? No, Lake or Tahoe. Uh, uh, no, no. I'm sorry. Um, oh, North North Star. So my, my yeah. first my first four, yeah. foray was a tough mutter. Also, yeah, I think uh, it was, it was like 2009. So way back when. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Which yeah, which I which I I liked. I you know um, I don't want to. I, I thought it was a you know, the, the electrocutions and stuff were a little weird, but, um, <laughs> but I'll, I'll take, I'll take cold over electricity any day. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. uh, but electricity it, so is just like, <laughs> <laughs> Thank I, you. Did, I did a tough mutter. Uh, I actually, I remember that race. I did it with two friends and, uh, we had to, <laughs> there was a point where we had to crawl under some electrified wires and, yeah. uh, and some of them are electric. Some of them aren't. Yes. Yeah. And I went, you're like army crawling under them. And I went first. And then um, my two buddies followed behind me, Jason and Todd. And we get to the, we get to the end and, and I like look back and I see Jason and I'm like, all right, let's go. And, um, and my buddy Jason goes like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, Todd got hit pretty hard. <laughs> and, I, and I look back and my friend Todd, who had kind of longish hair, his hair was like standing <laughs> straight up. Uh, and he's like bent over. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, we did we did a tough mutter. I liked it, uh, and then I did a bunch of Spartan races. I think there were like three three years in a row where I did the trifecta, um, mm-hmm. and I I really enjoyed doing the um, the longer one, the beast up in Lake Tahoe. I thought that was a great race. And yeah. like again, it was like it was awesome to. I liked preparing for it. Like I enjoyed doing doing it as much as you can enjoy that. But I liked okay, how am I gonna 
how am I going to figure out my nutrition? How am I going to figure out my training? How am I going to put myself in the best position to succeed in this, in this race? Um, and then from there I did, a, I did a, I did a go rock. Um, and that was, where that was your, was really, where was your go rock? It was in San Francisco. Okay. Do you remember um, what class in case there's anybody listening? I don't. Okay. I don't, I don't remember. Two, 271 to anybody 271. listening. Go to go, go class 271. That's what Mario and Mario and I did back in 14, I think. But yeah, yeah anyway, so I think, I think it might've been around the same time. Okay. We, we weren't in each other's class. I, I didn't first. see you there. I didn't but see I, you there. I was so going to say, I was going to say 2014 was okay. probably when I did it. Um, and that was really hard. That was really hard, especially like the staying up all night. And so that, I think that kind of got me, got me a little interested in, 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 in going down that road, like sort of more of like the, the, the military style, uh, challenge, um, military inspired challenge. Uh, mm-hmm. so, and then, Why? um, what, what drew you to it other, you know, uh, as opposed to the kind of like, yeah. and I mean, no disrespect to Spartan or, or tough mutter mm-hmm. when I say this, cause I, you know, I've, I'm, I'm looking at a bucket full of Spartan finisher medals right here next to me. Yeah. Um, th- literally thousands and thousands of dollars worth of race entries. Wow. Um, but it's, it can be a little, it can be a little cartoony. Yeah. I guess a little kind of like uh, the circus show. I mean, it's hard, you know, if you go fast yeah, yeah. enough, anything's hard, but I think that's I, I right. Mean, I think it was like the next, it was like the next level. I mean, I think, I think I would say, it's more challenging. It's different than a Spartan race or an OCR race, but it's, it's more challenging in, in some ways in terms of the, the, the mental preparation. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Spartan races are, are hard and awesome. Like I, I really enjoy doing them, but you know, it's a running race. Yeah. Um, the, it's a, you're, you're done in, you're done in two, maybe, yeah. you know, four hours tops depending yeah. on, I mean, unless it's an ultra or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this, yeah. So these, the go ruck had a little bit more to it in terms of like mental fortitude, um, obviously sleep deprivation, like dealing with, um, elements, like really putting yourself heavy in uncomfortable shit. position, heavy, Seven, shit. 70 pound packs the entire time for, and yeah. yeah. And, and, and also the, the leadership lessons, um, yes. you know, they, they put you in situations where somebody has got to step up and lead the group to get something done. And you mm. can, you know, you can be the, you can be a, a, a leader, you can be a follower in different sorts of situations, but I, I liked that too, that dynamic. Um, I, so from, I, from there, like I kind of went, I kind of went deep into it. Like I started reading all these books about, uh, about uh, buds and like Navy SEALs and uh, selection, like all these military uh, uh, special operations and selection, uh, uh, what's the right word, uh, programs that you have to go to to qualify. Mm. These things are incredibly, incredibly difficult. And like, I was really inspired and just impressed by what they can, what, what these people have been able to accomplish. Um, and I like the, you know, like I like the list, the discipline of it. I like the leadership lessons from it. Um, but again, I like, I was really drawn to the preparation. For it too yeah. like i liked the books that to- told me like this is what uh you know this is what selection is like and here's how you prepare for it and here's like you know tips and um and tools for dealing with these challenges like you know dealing with extreme cold or you know dealing with um 
you know, blisters and you have to go for a long ruck and get through that. Like I just, I liked the nuts and bolts of the preparation for it. Yeah. And then from there, so I was kind of already into this. I was listening, you know, I was listening to, uh, you know, Jocko podcasts. I was reading these books. Um, I was watching, there's this awesome documentary on buds that you can get on YouTube. Um, it's like, I, f- I forget what it's called, but if you, if you, if you Google, if you search YouTube for like, uh, breaking buds or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's the book. That's the book. That's that the book. Yeah. But, but this is a yeah. documentary and, mm-hmm. uh, and I just, I could watch it like over and over again. I just love okay. it. I love seeing these guys push through like these incredible circumstances and the, and the discipline and the physical ability, the mental fortitude, the leadership. Um, yeah, I was just really drawn to it for some yeah. reason. And then, so- a, and then a buddy of mine and colleague, he did, he did Kokoro. He's all, he's kind of, he was kind of the same way. He was really into the stuff. He's done a lot of other like really cool stuff where you like jump out of a helicopter and like have to find your way out of the woods. But he had done Kokoro before. Where do you sign up for that? That yeah, sounds that might awesome. Be the, that might be the next thing. <laughs> get, um, get a, a knife and that's it. Like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, bear grill style. But uh, yeah, we were, we were out at dinner uh, one night at, uh, at the house of prime rib San Francisco. And he was, he was, he, it was just like the perfect timing. He, I, we, we were at having this dinner, we're hanging out. He's telling me about this Kokoro event he did. I'm like reading these books and like really inspired by it. And I, I think I signed up at the table. I think I was like, yes, like this is what I've been looking nice. for. And I like at the table on my phone, I think I signed up for it or, or, or maybe I went home and did it, but it was yeah, like yeah, something yeah. where it was like, I've got to do this right now. And I yeah. jumped on it. So that's how I got that's how I got into it. So, okay. It's, it seems like a natural evolution upward in, you know, you start like uh, anecdotally. I remember I was sitting in the PT office at, in, at Equinox 2009. And my buddy was like, have you heard of Tough Mudder? And I'm like, no, what is that? And they're like, oh, it's a mud red. And I was immediately like, oh, like <laughs> this is, this is my, this is my Kool-Aid here. I'm about to drink this hard. And then, you know, evolved to Spartan and Spartan has been, I've been gravitating around for 10 years now and, and then yeah. getting into more extreme things like world's toughest mutter, America's toughest mutter. Um, and then go rock, i one go rock, but um, that was a like, holy shit. This is the real deal. Like evolution experience, I guess. And one thing that I, I, I took away from it that, that I don't think that you, you touched on was, the reality of what the human body and mind are capable of is so underutilized. And this isn't for everybody. Obviously we're talking about a small sheepdog is what they're you know classified as. If you're talking within the teams, like the small, like breed of people that are a little insane, but have the curiosity to see how far you can go. Mm-hmm. you know, to see what the human <clears throat> body and mind are, are capable of. And I think that that's, that's one thing that when you shared your experience uh, of Kokoro, uh, I, I was scared. And then I had another mutual friend of ours bring it up. And I was like, well, there is a really hard thing to do. And it's <laughs> called this. And he's like, well, I'm going to do it. And I'm like, God damn it. Now I have to do it too. <laughs> so that's right. So let's, let's jump into it, man. Like what, 
what is, I mean, you, you've walked the walk. I'm, I'm reading divine's book right now. And, mm-hmm. and I have a pretty good idea from your account as well as other people's um, um, after action reports that I've read. Um, what is it? What's Kokoro? What's, you know, how did it come about? Um, and, you know, please ed- educate us. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do, do my best. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kokoro is a, it's a, a mental and physical, challenge that is modeled after uh, Bud's Hell Week, right? So this is part of the, uh, the training and selection process for, for Navy SEALs. Um, it lasts about 52 hours, um, no sleep, no rest, no breaks. Um, and it's, you know, going from one evolution to the next and an evolution could be uh, a physical uh, a physical uh, evolution, you know, going for a long ruck or a run or, or doing a tough CrossFit style workout. Um, or it could be something a little more uh, mental or um, uh, leadership based, you know, organizing a group to like solve some sort of logistics problem and, and having to come together as a team and figure that out. Um, and it can also just be like being really cold for a long time and just getting through it. Um, it's, it was started by commander Mark divine, uh, who had a long career in the seals. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is true, but I, I have been told that he developed the program initially to help, uh, people prepare for buds. So this was like, they, that's accurate. That's what oh, I was like, Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, I think the, the, the pass rate was, was getting too low at buds. And so they wanted to set up a program to help people prepare to get the pass rate up. Mm. And so Mark commander, Mark divine set up this program. Then at a certain point, he opened it up to, um, to idiots like us. Uh, so he, he, you know, it's, 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 it's run by, former Navy SEALs. So like my, my cadre, the coaches, the people who kind of put us through this program were all former Navy SEALs, current Navy SEALs, a couple of guys who were getting ready to go through BUDS, um, you know, Apache helicopter pilot, like just really impressive group of people uh, were the ones who put us through that, through, through the program. So so yeah, that's, that's Kokoro. It's, it's definitely the hardest thing I've ever done, um, in terms of a physical, uh, challenge, uh, or event. Uh, it was, you know, it was definitely the hardest thing I've ever done. What was one of the most, what was the, what was the most surprising thing that was um, the most unexpected thing that you got out of that experience? Yeah. yeah I mean, there were, there were a couple of things. I mean, so I think we started with, um, I have my, we started with 19 people and only 13 finished. And one of the surprising things was the, the people who, who quit. Um, some, you know, some of the people who like started out as like the most sort of like intense and uh, extroverted and loud um, and maybe like physically impressive in terms of like strength and stuff like the, those were a couple of those people like quit pretty early. Um, so it was interesting to see like, hmm, that is, how, yeah. you know, like 
how, who who quit and who didn't and who stuck yeah. around. Um, that was surprising. Um, what what were some of the things that made these physically impressive, you know, people quit? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think, if you yeah, I mean, I, I don't know exactly. I mean, I have some theories, but I, I think, I think a lot of them had kind of like a, uh, kind of like a fixed mindset and they're used to being the, the, the biggest, baddest guy at their CrossFit gym. Mm -hmm. And when shit got tough and they, I think that they, they, instead of like failing, they, they, they kind of quit, um, they what quit. do you mean? I'm oh, sorry. Go, so like, so like when when, they, when you say they fail or you fail, yeah. like, cause I, I, from my understanding, Brian, some of the exercise, some of the evolutions are designed to make you fail. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. that you can break, break that part of yourself down in order to be built back up. And like, can you, can you shed some light on what, like the, yeah. um, the a scenario where the objective would be, we want you to fail. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that, they're, I think, I think that what they want, they want you to do, they're looking for, I think they're really, I think the cadre are really good at finding your weakness. Um, and so if you're like, you know, kind of the tough, you know, loud, arrogant type, they're mm. going to put you in a situation that challenges that maybe they put you in a situation where you're not the best at something. And it's very obvious and maybe you've got to do extra work as a result mm. of it because you've, you've failed in a certain way. And I think, I think some people who are not used to dealing with that failure can, you know, can mentally can be difficult. And so I think some of them quit for that reason. I think some of them were just mentally not strong. Um, I think that the, one of the things that's really interesting about Kokoro is a lot of people I think can be like very, very elite when they're fresh, but when you're 24, 36 hours into uh, a challenge like this, physical challenge, emotional challenge, mental challenge, no sleep, bad food. I think, sometimes that self-talk can, can go negative and you're not, you haven't been tested in that, in that situation. So mm -hmm. I think that happens too. You know, you see people start looking for excuses, you know, like where maybe you've got, maybe your knees bothering you a little bit and normally you would just push through it. But when you get tired and you're exhausted, mm -hmm. you start thinking, well, shit, maybe this knee things a way out of this. You start thinking very, very, uh, you know, it's like a survival instinct kicks in. Like yeah. there's a part of you, there's a, there's something in, in your brain. That's like, this sucks. Get out of it. Like yeah. this hurts. You need to stop doing this. And so if your, your self-talk is like, okay, well, your, your knee gives you an excuse now to get out of this. Like mm -hmm. I saw some people, I think, take that. Whereas I saw other people, you know, one of the, one of the guys who finished with me, super impressive guy. Um, and, uh, I mean, he had the worst blisters I've ever seen. Like basically the, like all the skin on the bottom of his feet had come off. It was, it was, it looked awful. And that guy didn't quit. That guy didn't quit. He was, and you could tell he was never going to quit, you know? Mm. So he could have said, oh, you know, too bad. My feet got all fucked up, but 
I'm going to, you know, so I'm going to tap out, but you could tell this guy was never, never going to quit. Was he, what was his, uh, what was his background? Do you remember? Yeah. Um, he's, I think he's, a. Uh, let me just pull this up real quick. So, um, he is a really impressive guy. Uh, he's in Scotland. I think he has like eight young kids. He's the CEO of a, of a, I'm going to get some of this wrong, but he, he mm. can, he can correct, maybe correct it later, but he's the CEO of a healthcare company. Uh, and he's, he's one of the most disciplined guys I've ever met. Like I, I follow him on Instagram and he, every single day he posts his workout. Uh, and uh, he's, yeah, he's just, that guy's, he's, yes. the, he's, the, he's the guy who would like see somebody struggling and like, pick up their log for him to take two like the guy was yeah. unbelievable yeah, yeah. yeah what was was there were there any gimme moments where you're like oh i'm good at this Whew. got a got an hour an yeah. hour to just uh just kind of hang you know the there were there were, so the the second day the second night so you have two nights right like okay. the second night we did a a long ruck up mount palomar um I mean, basically we rucked all night up this mountain and we had, um, uh, you know, 25, 30 pounds in our rucksack. We had to carry a, a PVC pipe with sand in it that weighs maybe like 10 pounds, which was our, our weapons. So you have to carry mm -hmm. this, this thing. I had, I had trained pretty hard and I think pretty smart on the ruck. So while a lot of people struggled on the ruck, I, I, that I felt pretty good on the ruck. Um, and I'll, and it was, that, this, so this was the second night, uh, and, uh, this is a funny story, but a lot of us started, um, hallucinating. So we'd been up for, you know, 36 plus hours at that point, we're rucking up the hill. Um, and, uh, you know, I started seeing like for, for a long time, like miles and miles in, in my peripheral vision there was a, like a, a can, like imagine like a tin, like a tin can of beans that was like rolling next to me. Like it was my, like a, like a dog would follow you. It was just rolling next to me. It was, and like, if I looked, if I looked at it, it would disappear. But in my peripheral vision, it was there the whole time. And I was just watching this can of beans walk with me up the hill. Uh, yeah. That was pretty funny. And then, um, and then there was another time. I mean, and I was, I was convinced this was real. Like, even though people were saying like, Oh, you're going to hallucinate. Like, I think some of the cadre told us like, that's, that's common. It could happen. I remember turning this corner on the trail and looking down into this Valley. And there was this massive, like beautiful Gothic church, like this incredible building. And I was absolutely convinced it was there. I was like, look, you guys look like, can you believe that's in the forest? Like I was <laughs> convinced. And then of course, like the closer you get, it disappears. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of us had a lot of uh, interesting hallucinations on that on that uh, that second night. But back to your question, I I felt pretty good on the ruck, and a lot okay. of people I think struggled with it. Yeah, and then oh, I can tell you a hunter story too. I mean, Hunter is first of all like such a nice guy and one of the most amazing athletes I've ever I've ever seen. Um, but I got we 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 were in the pool. We did some pool workouts where you had to like swim and like run in the water there were races you know breath holds a lot of stuff like that um but i got partnered with hunter and so it was like teams and hunter just smoked everybody i didn't contribute a thing 
but our, <laughs> but, but our team, because I was paired with Hunter, we won like all, all of these, they call them pays, pays to be a winner race. So if we won, you got to sit on the pool deck for, you know, five minutes while the other, while everybody else continued to, to work out and the pool deck, this was during the day, the pool deck was like warm. We were exhausted. So we got to, I just like sat back and let Hunter win. And then we'd go sit on the pool deck and like close our eyes and just feel the warmth on our backs. And like, that was a huge lift um, physically. And also just like lifted our, my, it lifted my spirits. Hunter, yeah, yeah. Hunter didn't need any lifting, but it was very, very good for me. Yeah. That, that guy has, uh, he has no, no gear other than yeah. ludicrous speed. Yeah. Um, but like that goes, that goes back to my earlier point. Like Hunter was by far, like he he's a i mean he's a different level athlete but the cadre saw that and they they made things harder for him so like they knew he was strong and so they they focused in on him and made him do all this extra stuff i think he did like i think we did we had to do the murph workout under a certain time cap and he finished in like some ridiculous time ridiculous time so then they said i think they said do it again. Uh, they said you have to do burpees until the last person finishes. So Jesus. and he and he just goes until he passes out. Like he doesn't yeah. he doesn't regulate. So he just did like he probably did a you know hundred plus burpees waiting for everybody to finish. And um, yeah, yeah. So in, anyway, the, so they they'll find they'll find your they'll 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 make it tough for you. <laughs> what did, what did they do for you? What was your, what was your Achilles, so to speak? For me, it was the, it was the cold. Um, that's another surprise I think too, is, you know, if you're training for Kokoro, which I know, I know you are and Ryan mm-hmm. too, um, get outside because like, that's, it's amazing how just being exposed to the elements for that long is hard. So if you're like just training the gym all the time, you're always kind of inside, um, just being outside and like wet, cold, sandy, sandy, w- yeah, wind blowing on your, you know, blowing on you the whole time. Like you're just, you are outside in the elements for 52 plus hours. And that's surprisingly yeah. difficult. But for me, the cold, the cold, um, water evolutions were the, were the hardest, um, during the like first hour, which they call the welcome party, uh, they would. Sub- you would submerge into an ice bucket and you couldn't come up until they tapped on it and they they took a water bottle and cut the top off and turned it into like a snorkel so you put the water bottle in your mouth it's above the water you're fully submerged in ice water you're hyperventilating you know and and they're telling and they're telling you like calm down figure out how to breathe through this water bottle and don't come out until I tap the tub. That was really hard. It was hard to like calm down and catch my breath and figure out how to breathe through the snorkel while I'm shivering. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that's one thing I would have fixed is I, I think I came in maybe a little bit too lean. Um, I had been told that maybe it might be a good idea to put on a pound or two because you're you're cold a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But I tend to get really cold and you know shake uncontrollably and and uh, my fingers and stuff go numb. So I didn't, that was the hardest part for me. And then the first night, I told you the, the second night we rocked, the first mm-hmm. night, we spent the entire night in and out of the Pacific Ocean, getting massively cold and then going and working out to warm up and then getting back in the water 
and getting cold. And yeah, that just kills your, just any kind of internal toughness that you think you have. Yeah. It saps everything out yeah. of you. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was definitely the hardest part for me. I was so, uh, I just, I just wanted to get warm really quickly. Um, yeah. that was hard. So what, when, you know, when someone's like, I quit or when they're like, or that you have like a medical drop or something like mm-hmm. that. Like, like one of my biggest fears is I, I have some, I have some neck issues that I'm trying yeah. really hard to even out and fix. And one of my, one of my biggest fears is, you know, I tweak something and they're like, you're fucking done. Like get, get out of yeah. here. And I've spent all this time, you know, preparing myself that is psychologically not going to be good for me. Um, but I I'm also, I have plenty of time and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm on a, a plan. So yeah. I guess my question to you is like, when, when people are like, I quit or I'm out or, you know, get the, get out of here. And the cadres are like, you're done. Like, what does that look like? Is someone, do they just drop, do they ring a bell? If they quit, it's two questions, I guess, but you know, yeah. so what's that scenario? Yeah, I think it, I think it depends on where you are. I remember. So the first hour, is this thing called the welcome party and it's on the grinder, which is like this old dilapidated tennis court. And, uh, they, it's just like a beat down. And I think what it's, what they're trying to do is like very quickly get rid of the people who aren't going to make it. Um, so they make it really hard for about an hour. And there was, I remember in my class, there was, there was a guy who clearly was not prepared. Like, I don't, I, I don't know if like, he didn't know what he was signing up for, but it was how, very, how did you, what, what gave it away? Like, how did he, he was just clearly not fit, clearly like didn't get it. Like was asking the cadre just stupid questions that, you know, would, all it's going to do is make you a target. Like, like, just, like what, like, what was he asking? I mean, it's a while ago, bathroom break or? yeah, like I think he asked, I think he asked like what, what time we would be done so he could have his ride, pick him up or something like that, you know, just like stupid logistical questions. And like, you could just tell the cadre were like, this guy's, this guy's toast. Yeah. He was, you know, he was just kind of goofing around. Whereas everybody else, especially, you know, in the beginning was like pretty serious, you mm-hmm. know, he was like goofing around. It just, you could just tell he was, you know, he was kind of overweight. Like mm-hmm. he didn't look very, he didn't look very, he didn't look like he could do a, a pull up. Yeah, um, unprepared. Yeah. And so they yeah. just, they zeroed in on him. You know, he quit, you know, within like 20 minutes. You what, know? what did, what did they, how did they, how did they zero in on him? What did they do? Yelling more or yelling more, making him do, you know, extra work, push ups. Like, you know, how are you going to do this if you can't do a push up? Like, how are you, you know, you know, they were, you know, they, they were calling him out specifically by his name. They were, which sucks, but they knew like this guy can't yeah. do this. We got to get rid of him. And so, yeah. and they did. He left. Yeah. Th- then, you know, the other, the other people who dropped, you know, it was just kind of more quiet. Like it was just like, they went over to the cadre and they, they said, you know, Hey, I'm done. And, you know, they usually had some excuse uh, you know, but they were, you know, I'm done. I'm hurt, you know, or I'm done. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? There was, you know, I think there may have been, so I think there may have been one person who quit kind of out of like, wasn't doing well with authority. 
like having these cadre like telling him what to do he he, mm-hmm. he was like talking back and like i think i think he may have quit just out of sort of like anger and like not wanting to have people tell him what to do mm-hmm. i think i remember that pretty pretty clearly and then there was and then there's the medical drops right like and right. This, those can be and and those are those are like the most upsetting because most of the time the person doesn't want to quit right well, that's all, that's what yeah. almost happened to you, right? Because you, yeah. you started getting hypothermic and, you know, are, are they just like, you're done, man? Like, yeah. it, you know, what, what, what happened with you? How did you, cause that was, that was, yeah. how'd that, how'd that go? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. And like, and I remember that the first night in the ocean, uh, one of the guys on our team, phenomenal athlete, marathon runner, like phenomenal athlete, like smoked everybody on the runs, but mm. low body fat percentage right and like didn't Mm. do well uh in the cold and he got he got hyperthermic you know and he didn't want to quit but the cadre were like look like you have all the symptoms of hypothermia like you're done and like go sit in the van like so they that was a sad situation like we were all and he had totally after yeah i'm sorry i'm kind of meandering here but no that's fine no no there's a lot of stuff coming back to me it's it's a it's a solid fear of mine like you know hypothermia is I had to uh, I had to drop out of a race. Well, I didn't technically drop out, but I just like stopped. So yeah, yeah. I guess I did. I, I did. I did DNF um, because they're like, "You've got hypothermia," and I'm just like, "Oh, yeah. all right." They're like, "You need to sleep in your tent for a while." Yeah. Um, and yeah, I did. And I was just and like, "I don't want to go back out there." Yeah, yeah. I'm just like so, yeah. shaking. Can't can't keep water <laughs> in a cup or broth in a cup. Um, yeah, so this so this guy, yeah. I've, after a lot of a lot of I feel like a lot of people quit kind of early and then the team really kind of bonds and then yeah. and then that's, that's you, the beauty that's the, that's the, the gold beauty. about this stuff about these yeah. events is you it's awesome. never forget those people yeah you um, bond, so anyway you, sure, yeah 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 so like yeah the team the team bonds and then as you go through this stuff like the team just gets closer and closer and closer which is a really cool experience like you guys are going through you know a, a pretty serious situation together you're helping each other. And so the team bonds really quick. So the team had bonded. And then we saw this, you know, one of our teammates was hyperthermic and they were making him drop and he didn't want to drop it. We were like fighting for him. Like, he's okay. You know, like you're trying to keep him here. That's really sad. And that happened. I think two people that happened to two people where they got hyperthermic in the ocean and had to leave. And that was really a bummer. But I think and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give you a bunch of information, even though I'm all over the place. But no, no, this that's is great. A, no. it's a good it's a good lesson. I think um, in terms of preparation, like for Kokoro, you want to be you want to be like very competent at a lot of different things. I don't think it's very good for a specialist. Like he was a specialist runner, but no. obviously he wasn't ready for the ocean and the cold. Um, so I would say like 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 going from 370 to 400 on your deadlift is not going to do anything for you at Kokoro right. or like moving your, your seven minute mile to 630 is not going to do anything for you at Kokoro, but you want to be like, you want to be, you know, good at both of those things. Like you want to be pretty competent at a lot of different things from strength and endurance and durability um, so kind of being a generalist is, is a good approach and not being a specialist of like really strong or like, right. Totally right. focused on endurance. I need 17,000 calories every day. <laughs> to, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, um, for me on the, this was like 
on the last morning. So I was like two hours away from, from, from our class being secured, which is when you, when you finish, I was mm. very close. You don't know exactly when it's going to happen, but in hindsight, I was probably about two, two hours away. And, um, they made us get back in the ocean or they made us get back into the lake and it was, you know, it was pretty early morning, still really cold. And I had, um, I had, uh, I think I had let myself mentally start thinking like, oh, you're close to, you're close mm-hmm. to the finish line. Like you're getting mm-hmm. close. Mm-hmm. And then when they told us get out of the van and get into the water, like I wasn't ready mentally. I had already kind of finished. I'd already kind of checked out. I was already kind of mm-hmm. thinking about how good it's going to feel when I'm done. Yeah. And then I had to get back into the water. I started shaking really, really bad. I wanted to get out so, really quickly. And so we had to, as a team, we had to swim across the lake and we were tethered together. I think we may have had a weight we had to keep up or something. Um, and I wanted to get out so bad. I started like pushing to go faster because we were going really slow, mm-hmm. which was actually smart, but I was being an idiot. I lost I, I was like, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. I want to get out of here. I want to go fast. So I started exerting a lot of energy swimming. And then uh, when we got to the other side, I was, I, I couldn't stop shaking. Mm. And, uh, and the cadre noticed that they were like, you know, you okay, Anderson. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm fine, but I couldn't stop shaking. And then I started coughing up blood and that got it. That got their attention. They're like, you coughing up blood. Anderson, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but it's fine. It's yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm Everything's fine. <laughs> I'm good. I remember the uh, one of the cadre who was a former Apache helicopter pilot in the army, really impressive guy. Uh, he's like, you have sipe. I'm like, I'm like, what's what's sipe? Sipe. That sounds terrible. You have swim induced. A, uh, a pulmonary edema, pulmonary yeah, edema, yeah, yeah, yeah. swim-induced <laughs> pulmonary edema, and I'm like, is that is that dangerous? <laughs> is it bad? Is that bad? He's like, yeah, it's bad. I'm like, he's like not saying anything to comfort me at all. I'm like, it's <laughs> <laughs> so like That's you don't terrible. want that. Give me uh, <laughs> no, I don't. But how do I get rid of it? <laughs> how do I get rid of it? Give me something uh, I can work with here. And then so they almost, so, they almost. Sorry, go ahead. Yes, yeah. So they were. It, it became clear they were paying more and more attention to me. And, and that shows you how bad it was that I couldn't really hide it. I was, I couldn't stop coughing. I couldn't stop shaking. Uh, and then they, they, they started talking about me, like going to sit down and sit out. And I was like, and then one of my teammates who is a, uh, a doctor, a physician, uh, and also volunteers like for his local SWAT team. Like he's like the medic on the SWAT team, really impressive guy. He started like telling them like, he's fine. I'm a doctor. You know, he was trying to help me. He's like, he's yeah, fine. Yeah. I'm a doctor. Like he's, he's okay. And, uh, and basically I was, I was able to stick around, but there was, there was a moment where I was, I was pretty nervous that they were going to medically drop me. Um, and, and then so like close that, to the yeah, finish too. God, that would have been devastating. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. And then, but I was able to stick around and, and um, got warmed up a little bit. And then uh, a couple hours later we were secured and I finished, but yeah, that was scary. That's, that's, that's incredible, man. Uh, I mean, I, I, I guess, you know, we've been talking about, I don't want to give the cadres a bad name or anything. Um, some of the, some of the really interesting things that I don't know how similar it is to go rock and maybe you can shed some light here, but like the cadres try to break you down in, and I'm talking about go rock, my, my personal experience, they try to break you down, but 
once you're in it, once you're in the thick of it, so to speak, they're there. I, f- I found that they were always giving me, they're like, you're not going to die. You're not, you don't need as much water as you think you do. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's, were, were there, were there any, you know, coachable moments that the cadres gave you to think about mm-hmm. to help you get through the cold, the rock that, or were they just, just kind of beating you down the whole time? Um, I think, I don't feel like some of them were some of them. I think the, some of them had different philosophies. Like I can okay. think, I can think of one who like all he did was beat us down. And you could tell that he thought, he thought that like we were like, we were somehow like getting it easy. Like he was kind of like, you know, yeah. And maybe, and maybe they were playing like a kind of a good cop, bad cop situation mm-hmm. with us. But there was one cadre who was like the, definitely the mean cadre. He was, he was, uh, he was just there to beat us down. There were, there were definitely like cool moments. Like we did, they, there were a lot of the stuff that, a lot of the stuff that we did is unknown time, um, un- unknown number of reps, right? Like they want you to like, like, have to do something hard and not know when it's going to end yeah um and also a lot of false summits where like you think you know when it's going to end but it's going to keep going so yeah. like playing those mind games with us there was one moment where like we just kind of like got on the grass it sounds like a big roundabout no by the way <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no they were not <laughs> i don't remember a lot of encouragement <laughs> i don't remember a lot of like, you got this guys it's no. like, just dancing around the big no <laughs> yeah i think that's probably accurate i don't uh, i don't remember. okay yeah i don't remember any like encouragement but i do remember we were on the we were like we're on the grass one of the cadre who's like super fit guy like all this stuff i want to say he may have like anyway this guy was i think he was preparing to go into the seals but he was in front of us and he just like he just like he's like we're gonna do push-ups and he just like so as a group we just like fired off 10 push-ups and then he would like sit back on his knees and take I think two or three like deep breaths. And then 10 push-ups. And we just and we're just doing what he says. 10 push-ups, two or three big deep breaths. And this is just going on, on and on and on and on. And then at some point he says, You're done. And he's like, Congratulations, you just did a thousand push-ups. And and I do remember them making the point like that if if I had just told you to do a thousand push-ups, you probably would have freaked out. But because we segmented, like that was so that was that was a lesson, right? Like if you're yeah. doing something hard, you can break it into little tiny pieces, and you can accomplish something that more than what you, you thought you could you could do. Uh, so that yeah. was like a definitely a teachable moment. That was cool, and that was like you know segmentation, which is like another you know, concept that comes up a lot in these, in these, in these military selection courses where you got to do something really big and really hard, turn it into little tiny steps, just yeah. do one at a time. What Brian, what was your, what was your biggest takeaway from, from your experience with Kokoro? My biggest takeaway was, was that I'm capable of doing a lot more than I thought, you know, and when I'm faced with a challenge, 
I remember after I was done, it was like, you know, something hard comes up. It's like, it's not that hard. You know, like, you know, you can, when you, it, when you finish Kokoro, you know, you can, you can take a lot of punishment. You can do, you can do something very hard. You're, you're capable of a lot more than you thought. Um, and I think that's one of Mark commander, Mark divine's messages is this I, concept of like, um, you can do, you know, 10 times more than you think, or 20 times more than you think. I forget what the multiplier is he uses, but, um, but it, it definitely feels feels true after that. Like when you look back on, in, you know, if you look back on it, you're like, wow, how did I do that? But you did, you did it. So uh, that's definitely the biggest, uh, the biggest lesson that I learned from Kokoro. What was the, now in your training up to Kokoro, what was your like hardest work period? I don't even call it a workout, but you, you said that you, you felt pretty prepared other than the cold. Um, what was like your long, like for instance, when I was preparing for go rock, my longest endeavor go rock was only 12 hours, mm-hmm. but 70 pound pack the whole time. So it's, it, it's not equal by any means, but um, my, my hardest endeavor was I went for eight hours and 18 miles mm-hmm. with a 70 pound pack on with my training yeah. partner. Yeah. And so I guess like that, that was, you know, kind of the culmination prepping for, for go rock. Was there a, similar experience that you had for Kokoro? Yeah, I, I, I had a, I did, I, I definitely did a couple of really long rucks and I, I always rucked with, I ended up rucking with a heavier ruck than what we had in Kokoro, which is why I think the ruck was a, was a strong uh, evolution for me. So I think I trained with, I think I trained with 55 pounds and then the ruck that we got, I think, was like twenty five or thirty. Um, the ruck that we got was was not as nice as the ruck that I have at home. It was just like a canvas strap and very uncomfortable, <laughs> and it's you know it's wet and it's sandy and it's grinding on your skin. But in terms of weight, it was it was it was less than what I had trained with. And I don't mm. think I don't think I planned that. I think it just I think it just ended up working out that way. So I probably did. I don't know if I did eight hour ruck, but I probably did like a cup, couple of like, I, pr- I probably pretty regularly did three to four hour rucks, like maybe one every couple of weeks. Okay. Um, and then I did a lot of like workouts, like, like Murph with, um, you know, some sort of like running with load. So I'd run with a 20 pound weight vest, do a lot of pull-ups, push-ups, air squats. Um, it's a lot of body weight stuff, a lot of volume. Um, so I'd say like, you know, it's a, one of the things to think about too, is, um, if you've got, if you've got any sort of issue, like you mentioned your shoulder, I know you're going to take care of it. Um, and that's what you do. You're going to fix it. But if you have an issue like that, it, it's going to get exposed in that amount of time. Um, and, and so like really taking care of your body and like, durability um is important and and there we would do a lot of so i would just kind of do like general training push-ups you know pull-ups air squats um you know would you ratchet up to anything like like two a days or like train in the middle of the night or i did um i did and i I did a couple of things that i i think worked out well is because i eat a i eat a very clean diet normally um and when you're at Kokoro, you, you're eating like Subway sandwiches and, you know, MREs. Um, 
And so I was a little bit worried about that. So I did kind of like change up my diet a little bit and, and eat some crappy food and try to perform on crappy food because okay. I knew I didn't want my system to like freak out um, mm-hmm. about that. Uh, I think that I did a couple of like really, so I did, like I said, like kind of general chaining with higher volume. So I didn't, I, I didn't lift a lot of heavy weights, but I did a lot of pull-ups, push-ups, sit-ups, flutter kicks, air squats, a lot of running with weight, a lot of rucking. I think that's a pretty good way to train. And then I would do a couple of like hard challenges. And some of these come from seal fit. Uh, like one of them was like do a lap around the track um, with a 45 pound plate above your head lunging. You have to do one lap. Every time you put the the plate down, you've got to do 10 burpees. Fuck that. Yeah. That was a hard one. So I would do a couple, <laughs> I do a couple of hard. That was a bad, that was actually really stupid because I'm gonna do I, was, that. That I is... was sore. I was really sore afterwards and it ended up like, you know, I probably missed a few days of training because I was so sore after. Yeah. How many times did you said it? You probably. Oh, a lot. Yeah. You end up yeah. doing a ton of pull up or a ton of burpees, burpees. because, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's really hard. And your shoulder, you're just smoked after your burpees. It's like, yeah. uh, that oh, really that's. That was a bad take. So I would do a couple of like hard challenges. I forget what, um, oh, he calls them, they're called monster mash. Um, so I think seal fit like posts these like really hard workouts. Uh, so uh-huh. I did a couple of those just to kind of test myself. I did the Murph a lot mm. or, you know, that, I think that's really, that's a really good preparation. I think mm-hmm. for, uh, for, for what you're going to do. Um, yeah. So stuff like that St- stuff I wish I would have done more of was, was the cold, um, mm. So since Kokoro, I regularly take ice baths. I would say about 80% of my showers are cold. And now I love it. Like I really look like I almost days I look forward to a cold shower. I wish I would have done that before. I wish I would have like built out, built up some tolerance to the cold. Okay. That's good. Good. That's one of the first things I did. Actually, I'm just finishing up a cold plunge that I built. That's uh, That's awesome. So this it's. It works. I did 50 degrees this morning for three minutes and nice. that's a lot. That's a lot different than 64 degrees. Um, yeah. but, but we're, we're getting the tolerance up and I uh, made a, got a little PVC snorkel yeah. that I'm, uh, practicing, uh, practicing with that. And, um, cool. yeah, just getting, getting that shiz together. Um, so, uh, I guess, you know, I, I want to, let's, let's just kind of close it out. Cause I think we've got a pretty good idea of, of what, uh, you have accomplished. Is there anything else that you want to add? Um, I feel, I don't, I don't think there's anything that I, that I want to ask further before this horse is yeah. beat to death. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I mean, are, I are think there any, I, any other pointers or anything or anything parting, parting words of advice? No, I, I think I, I would, I would totally recommend it. Um, I, you know, the, the, the group that I did uh, Kokoro with, which was like such an impressive group, you know, Hunter McIntyre. Um, we had a professional hockey player, NHL player, professional boxer, like SWAT team medic. Um, really, really impressive group. Uh, like we've all, you know, stayed in touch. Uh, you really bond with this group. Um, and we had our, uh, our anniversary came up, I think in, in April. Um, and I was, I was talking to, um, to Toby, who the guy I mentioned who, uh, with the blisters, we were texting 
And I was saying like, I still think about it. Like I still think about Kokoro at least once a week. I feel like I still think about it, like some element of it in terms of like a lesson learned or putting things in perspective. It's a really, it's really hard. And, uh, but it's, it's, uh, you get a lot out of it. It's totally worth it. I would recommend it. I'm really happy you and Ryan are doing it. I know you guys are going to crush it and I know you're going to, you're going to be happy you did it. Uh, cause it's, it's a great challenge and a great accomplishment. Oof, I get, get goosebumps thinking about it, man. But, but, uh, having conversations like this with, with, with people like you really, really helps to calm my nerves. I think it's kind of one of those things that like, like before every single race, I'm really nervous. Like I get this, like, I don't want to do this. This is stupid. I don't have to do this. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is dumb. And then I start yeah. and I'm like, yeah, now we're in it. You know, yeah. like you're, you're, yeah. you're in the, in the grinder, so to speak. And I, in a way, I mean, I have a long road to prepare myself to, to, to get prepared sufficiently. But I think that once it begins and I know that timer's running, I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, yeah. I, I will have prepared and we're, we're working towards that goal of evolving and that's what i'm really excited about um yeah anyway uh thank you so much for this very educational um breakdown of the kokoro experience um if if you got anything else you want to you want to say to everybody or no you know yeah thank you phil um no problem and uh and good luck thanks for having me yeah, thank you, thank you so much, man. I'll uh, I'll keep you posted. Obviously, we see each other on a pretty regular basis, but uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah I, I'm I mean, excited to see you do it. I think it's gonna be whoo. it's gonna be a big payoff. You're gonna be happy you did it. It's I, gonna I, suck I, though. It's gonna be hard. oh yeah, it's gonna <laughs> suck. It's you, know, you gotta embrace it. Embrace <laughs> yeah. that suck. All right, my friend. Thank you so much. All right, and, uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Please share and subscribe.